coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. If we all tuned in to the same radio station and heard the same music, we're all tapping our toes the same? That's a frequency. If you're not living for God, you're on the devil's frequency. And everyone is hearing the same lies on that frequency. Worldwide, the spirit of the Antichrist is broadcasting the same demonic lies and the answer is to tune in to this frequency right here and be tuned into truth. talk in this message about the Antichrist in one word that I hope that you understand when this message is over. It's the word deception. The Antichrist is a deceiver, and he's in the world right now. I believe that the literal Antichrist person is somewhere on the world stage today, and I'll talk about that more in just a minute. The term Antichrist is used basically four times by John in the books of First and Second John, uh, but the real person, the Antichrist, has 38 titles and names that he has given in the Bible. Little horn, beast, man of sin, lawless one. We'll see some of the others in this message today. But the term Antichrist, anti means two things in the Greek language. It means to oppose and it means to replace. This is exactly what the Antichrist desires to do in the world today is to oppose the work of Jesus Christ and to replace Jesus Christ in our lives. That's what he's about. And so we're going to look at this, and he has a twofold strategy of how he attacks us and how he attacks the world. The first part of his strategy that we're going to talk about is an outpouring of spiritual deception to incite the world to rebellion against God. This is happening right now in our world. It is an end times uh, apostasy from truth, an outpouring of deception as we have never seen before, and what the Antichrist is doing is inciting the world in rebellion against God. Now, we're going to read 2 Thessalonians, where I ask you to turn there. Let me say this. The book of 1 Thessalonians mentions the return of Jesus in every chapter. In 1 Thessalonians 4 is where we have a graphic description of the rapture of the church, that I'm going to talk about more in just a minute. But unfortunately, when the church at Thessalonica received Paul's first letter, there was a rumor that went around that Jesus had come, the rapture had happened, that they had been left behind, and that the tribulation had started. How many of you know that would upset you? Okay, so they were very upset. The believers in Thessalonica were very upset. So Paul wrote Second Thessalonians just like three or four weeks after the book of First Thessalonians. And what he's trying to do now in the text that we're going to read, what he's trying to do is comfort them and let them know Jesus has not returned. The rapture has not returned. And here's what's going to happen. In a sequence of events, here's what's going to happen when the Lord returns. So we're really the beneficiaries of all of this because it helps us out a lot. Now, brethren, verse 1, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away, the apostasy, the falling away from truth comes first, 
And the man of sin, that's one of the titles of the Antichrist. The man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. That's another one of his titles. Who opposes, there's the opposition there, anti. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God. That's the abomination of desolation that happens midway through the tribulation. We'll talk about it more in just a minute. Showing himself that he is God. That is anti-replacing God. He opposes God and he tries to replace God as the Antichrist. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains, who is the Holy Spirit in the church, only he who now restrains will do so until he, capital H, E, is taken out of the way, and the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they would believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And so what we're seeing today is a moral freefall in the world and in the United States of America. In the last 20 years, everything has changed. And we see a total mass rebellion against God and against the morality of God. And this is preparing now for the rapture because it says he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way, and it says, then the lawless one will be revealed. So we will not know who the Antichrist is until the rapture takes place. And so people ask me all the time, they say, Jimmy, who do you believe the Antichrist is? Well, I have my opinions, obviously. Uh, during football season, it's Tom Brady. Uh, and uh, Which makes Bill Belichick the false prophet. That makes sense, too. But that's just because I'm a jealous, bitter cowboy fan. But he's really not the Antichrist. But, you know, there are some real good candidates in the world today, but we won't know who it is. We will not know who the Antichrist is until we're gone. And listen, you need to thank God because the, what the Antichrist is going to do on the earth, we will not be here while he's doing it. Now, we see his spirit that is in the world today doing a tremendous amount of damage but what actually takes place during his reign on the earth, we will not be here. So let me give you a timeline of end times events according to 2 Thessalonians and the rest of the Bible. And again, Paul does us a great favor here by telling us exactly what's going to happen in order. Number one, a growing rejection of God's word and rebellion to biblical morality. Check that box. That has happened. Number two, the spreading of the gospel by the church as the Holy Spirit in the church restrains the work of Satan in the world. This is happening right now. We're preaching the gospel. We're doing the work of Christ. The church is restraining abortion. We are restraining immorality. But if we all tuned into the same radio station and heard the same music and we were all tapping our toes the same, that's a frequency. If you're not living for God, you're on the devil's frequency. And everyone is hearing the same lies on that frequency. Worldwide, the spirit of the Antichrist is broadcasting the same demonic lies, and the answer is to tune in to this frequency right here. 
and be tuned into truth. Number three thing that's going to happen on the timeline is the rapture of the church in an instant of time, and it could happen any moment. Again, this is according now to what Paul is writing to the Thessalonians and, and other parts of Scripture. Luke 17, this is Jesus' description of the rapture, and this is why I read this. It says, he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And the point that I was just making is this, we're the restrainers. We're the restrainers of abortion. We're the restrainers of divorce. We're the restrainers of immorality. The church, we're not perfect people. We practice our faith imperfectly but sincerely, and we stand upon the word of God as the authority in our lives. We are the restrainers. But imagine a world without a Christian in it with the spirit of the Antichrist and the Antichrist himself leading a society without any word, without any restraint whatsoever. It's going to happen very, very soon. Now, this is Jesus' description of the rapture. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day the Son of Man is revealed. And that day he was on the housetop, and his goods are in the house. Let him not go down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, in that night, there will be two people in one bed. The one will be taken the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together. The one will be taken. The other left. Two men will be in the field. The one will be taken. The other left. And they answered and said to him, where, Lord? So he said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles will be gathered together. So Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, and as it was in the days of Lot, righteous people living in a violent and immoral world. Are we living in a violent and immoral world? Okay. So this is what Jesus is saying. Like the days of Noah and Lot, this is a prejudgment, business-as-usual world. Now, there are people, the tribulation is the last seven years of human history. Okay, so that's, that's the last seven years. We will not be here. Now, there are people who say, we're going to go through the tribulation. You know, get, get your, you know, get tough, we're going to go through the tribulation. Okay, so let me, let me say this. If you read the Bible, um, half of mankind is killed during the tribulation. Meteors hit the earth. All sea life dies. The, at the end of the seven years, the earth is a smoldering ruin. It is not a time of buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage. It's a time of mass death and starvation, and the world is a smoldering ruin. If you read the Bible, you could never believe in a, in a rapture at the end of the tribulation. It is utter nonsense. Now, let me say this. So the Bible says Jesus, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, who delivers us from the wrath that is to come. 1 Thessalonians 5.9, it says God did not appoint us to wrath. Okay? And then in Luke 21.36, Jesus said, pray that you may be worthy to escape all these things and to stand before the Son of Man. In Luke 21, Jesus is telling the disciples about the end times. He's saying, here's what's going to happen. Listen, pray that you may be worthy to escape all these 
things. He was just telling them what's going to happen at the end. And to stand before the Son of Man, that's the rapture. Why would Jesus tell us to pray something that we can't get? If we're going to go through the tribulation, and by the way, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, comfort one another with these words. You cannot comfort me by telling me I'm going through the tribulation. <laughs> but you can comfort me by telling me I'm not. But some people say, Jimmy, you're an escapist. You better believe it. <laughs> Jesus told me to pray that way, and I'm praying that way. Pray that you may be worthy to escape everything that's going to happen and to stand before the Son of Man. And I'm going to tell you right now, in no, uh, uh, you know, with no doubt whatsoever, that we are not going through the tribulation. We will be raptured out before. He who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Then the Antichrist will be revealed. That's what Paul says. So listen to this. This is Revelation chapter 6, and this is talking now about the tribulation. It says, the kings of the earth, the great men, this is Revelation 6, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand. Isn't that an odd description of wrath, the wrath. How many of you are scared of lambs? I mean, have you ever like been walking down the street and seen a lamb following you and just got terrified and ran? Let me explain to you the wrath of the lamb. Our precious Jesus died 2,000 years ago on the cross. And for 2,000 years, he has been offering his grace to sinful man. And for 2,000 years, he's been spit in the face, slapped in the face, abused, rejected. His name is used as a curse word. And he's been nothing but give more grace and more grace and more grace. The Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world has been nothing but loving for the last 2,000 years. But on the day the church is raptured, it all changes. And that Lamb, who is the King of glory, will pour out his wrath on this earth and they will know it's him. And the Bible says they will seek death, but they won't find it. And they're praying and saying, rocks fall down on us. The lamb, his wrath has finally come. If you're a Christian, you're not living for God. This is the time. Everything the Bible said would happen is happening around us right now. And the rapture, according to 1 Thessalonians 4, happens in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Corinthians 15, twinkling of an eye, instantly we're in the presence of God. A twinkling of an eye takes 1 44th of a second. It's not enough time to repent. It's not enough time to, to make wrong things right. It happens instantly. Jesus, by the way, when he's telling about the rapture, it's a selective rapture. He says one is taken, the other is left behind. And the word taken means to receive unto yourself. The raptures, when we meet Jesus, and they came to Jesus, when he said, well, where are they taken? He said, wherever the eagles are gathered, there is where their body is. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, we're caught up to meet the Lord in the clouds in the air. And that's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to come, but I know who belongs to me. And just because you're sleeping next to a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian. And just because you're standing next to a Christian doesn't mean you're a Christian. If you don't know Jesus, you're not a Christian, you're going to be here for the last seven years. That's not God's choice. It's your choice. And I'm saying we need to make our lives right. Number four thing that's going to happen 
is the Antichrist is revealed to the world and they worship him. Last seven years of, of the end are broken into two halves. The first three and a half years are the rise of the Antichrist. Then the abomination of desolation takes place. And what that means is there's a rebuilt temple on the Temple Mount in Israel, according to Daniel, according to Matthew 24, according to 2 Thessalonians 2, and according to Revelation 13 that we're about to read. There is a rebuilt temple in Israel. The Antichrist enters into that temple three and a half years in the tribulation and proclaims himself God. That begins what is called the Great Tribulation, the last three and a half years uh, of the earth. After he does that, all heaven breaks loose on the earth. Revelation 13, then I stood on the sand of the sea and I saw a beast, that's another one of his names, rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and 10 horns on his horns, 10 crowns on his heads, a, blasph a blasphemous name. The beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon, that's Satan, gave him his power, his throne and great authority. And I saw one of his heads that if he had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months, three and a half years. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven, abomination of desolation, it was granted to him to make war with the saints, those are the people getting saved during the tribulation, and overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. And this man who's called the beast, the most evil person in world history who is Satan incarnate, is about to enter the world stage. Number five. This is the final one, the second coming of Christ. And 2 Thessalonians says that Jesus slays the Antichrist with, a with the breath of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. The rapture is a private event that the world does not see. It occurs between Jesus and the church, and there will be billions of people in the world here and instantly gone, and no one knows why. And they begin to try to explain what just happened. But at the end of the tribulation, According to Revelation 19, we return with Jesus after the marriage supper of the Lamb. For seven years, the world is going through tribulation down here. And for seven years, we are having a wedding feast with Jesus in heaven. Somebody say amen. amen. We are marrying Jesus. And at the end of the seven years, we return with Jesus. That is the glorious appearing of Jesus. And we will be right there. We will have a, just a ringside seat when Jesus defeats the beast and the false prophet and sets up his 1,000-year uh, rule on the earth, we will rule and reign with him during that time. I'm telling you, this is what the Bible says. And this is what the apostle Paul was trying to say to the church at Thessalonica. Hey, hey, it hasn't happened, but here's what's about to happen. And I'm saying, if they were close 2,000 years ago, how close are we right now? And we're seeing Israel, the end times, deception. We're seeing everything happening right before our very eyes. So the number one, let me remind you, I'm talking about the twofold strategy of the Antichrist. And the first is an outpouring of spiritual deception to incite the world rebel against God. The second is seduce God's people with worldliness to keep them from trusting and serving him. To seduce God's people with worldliness. This is 1 John 2. Interesting, 
Remember, John is the one who uses the term Antichrist. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. And so if Satan can't keep you from knowing God and you then know God, what he wants you to do is keep you from trusting and serving God. He doesn't want the church accomplishing our mission. So what he does is he uses the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life to try to seduce us away from God. And John says here, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. If you're you're trusting in the world, position, pleasure, and uh, possessions is what he's talking about here. If your trust is in those things, you're not trusting in God the Father. Here's two scriptures, and I'll tell you a couple of stories, and I'll finish. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Did you know God's, God's the most perfect father in the universe? You know, he wants, he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. But when he blesses you, it's all win-win. There's no sorrow. Here's 1 Timothy 6. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We have a perfect father who wants to bless us and who will take care of us, and we don't need the world. We need God the Father. If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give to you? He calls us evil compared to God. And I'm saying we don't need the stinking world. We have God as our Father. But as much as the Antichrist spirit is in the world right now trying to oppose everything of God, the Antichrist spirit is in the world right now trying to seduce us as God's people into a worldly system to keep us from serving and trusting God. And I say we must expose him and stand against him and live our faith right before Jesus. You know, we see today in the world, the Antichrist spirit at work. I mean, you just can't deny that the world is turning against Jesus and against the Word of God. This is prophesied in the Bible. You know, Paul makes it very, very clear in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that, you know, in the end, there's going to be a great apostasy. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, at my age, I remember back to when I was a child and the world back then, this is a different world. There's, I mean, it's completely different. And everything the Bible said would happen at the end is either happened or is happening right before our very eyes. This is a time that we want to know God. This is make our lives right with God. Okay, Jesus is coming. I talked about the rapture. Jesus is coming in an instant of time. Jesus said it will come as a snare on all of those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. A snare is a trap for an animal. And you set a snare and an animal's walking along and all of a sudden... In an instant of time, they're snared. That's what Jesus said. When the rapture happens, uh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, it's in the twinkling of an eye. That's one fortieth of a second. That's too short of a period of time to repent, to make wrong things right, to become a Christian, or to make any change in your life. We have warning. The Bible gives us warning of what will happen, and we're seeing it happen. And my encouragement to you is live for God. 
make your life right with God, make your life right with other people. And until Jesus comes, serve God. Do the right thing with your life. And I promise you, for eternity, you will not regret it. But there are people right now that will live with eternal regret because they are uh, doing the wrong thing in a very, very uh, important period of time in human history. This message today on exposing the Antichrist is, is a part of a fuller series of messages that I do call Exposing the Enemy. There are five messages right now for your gift of any amount to help us here at The Overcoming Life. We want to give you the free video download of the message Exposing Satan. This is one of the messages from the uh, Exposing the Enemy series. Very powerful message. And you can be watching it in just a few minutes with your gift of any amount. We also, for your gift of $55 more, want to give you Exposing the Enemy, the full CD set, or the audio download, whichever you prefer. Also, we want to give you When Life Hurts. That's one of my books that helps you deal with pain from your past, how to deal with issues from your past that maybe are affecting your marriage, your life. Today, for your gift of $85 or more, we'll give you the Exposing the Enemy DVD set, the physical DVD set, or the video download. You might want to download it and watch it right now. Begin watching it right now. Five messages. The one that you saw today, by the way, that's just part of the full message uh, that's called Exposing the Antichrist. $85 will give you the DVD set or the download plus When Life Hurts. You can live an overcoming life. You do not have to be a pawn for the devil or get kicked around or just to be like a helpless pawn on a sea of fate. You are an overcomer in Christ. And I hope that this program today has helped you. I hope it has encouraged you because you're a child of God. There's a future and a hope for you, and God loves you more than you can ever imagine. Give today. We'll get these resources to you. Here's how you can give. This is the sword of the Spirit. It's living. It's active. You read other books, the Bible reads you, and it says no creature can hide from its sight because when the Bible comes in you, it's going to find every demon in hell that's trying to destroy your life, and it's going to defeat the devil. In the Exposing the Enemy series, Jimmy Evans will unveil the devil's nature so you can easily recognize how he works. Support the overcoming life with your online gift of any amount, and we'll send you the Exposing Satan session as a video download. He's stealthy. He's slithery. He's a liar, but we have authority over him, and we need to use it. Receive the complete Exposing the Enemy series on CD or digital download in Jimmy Evans' book, When Life Hurts, for your gift of $55 or more. For your gift of $85 or more, you'll receive the complete Exposing the Enemy series on DVD or digital download. God has equipped you with everything you need to be victorious and accomplish His purpose for your life. Well, I've got some good news for you, and that is you have a 100% chance of success in marriage. A 100% chance. Couples with the strongest marriages, they aren't the ones that never had a reason to give up. They're the ones who just refuse to give up. God is still in the business of raising dead things and bringing them back to life. You're not just gonna stay married forever. You're gonna stay married happily ever after. And that's what we believe when we say that your family has a bright future.
you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series Exposing the Enemy. Join Jimmy and Karen Evans on February 9th and 10th for the EXO 2018 Marriage Conference. Register online at exomarriage.com. This program is made possible by the generous support of our